0: We can make a difference. I did nothing. The pavement
1: was his enemy.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Emma and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 170, Twins. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And as always, a huge hi and welcome to Verbal Diorama. All of you brand new listeners who are joining us for this podcast, welcome back. Regular returning listeners and irregular returning listeners, whichever you are, it's absolutely fine by me. But thank you for being here, thank you for choosing this podcast There are a lot of movie podcasts out there. They're all vying for your ears and for your attention. And I'm really happy that you've chosen this one. I love making movie podcasts for people like you to listen to and hopefully find something that you enjoy or find something that you're interested in. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm delighted to have you here for the history and legacy of twins. Tonight is your night, bro. And joining me for this episode... (laughs) Tonight is your night, bro. (laughs) because <laughs> oh yeah okay sorry um,
1: sorry i put you off no
2: that's fine you know you weren't expecting me to do that were you no <laughs> joining me for this episode for all guests this is the final episode of all guests are the official twins of this podcast <laughs> because what you think of me hosting verbal diorama on my own it's a podcast about the history and legacy of movies you know movies you don't you obviously think of my twin podcast hosted by four guys making up sequels to movies that don't have them. Clearly, because twins, <laughs> instead of getting all four of them on this podcast, which, can you imagine me being surrounded by four men? I mean, t- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can in my mind, in the deepest, darkest steps of my mind. But because we thought maybe... Four was a bit too much for my poor heart to deal with. We decided to get two. Mostly because the other two didn't read the group chat. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not wrong. It's Drew and Matt from Sequel Pitch. Hi, Drew. Hi, Matt. Thanks for being here. (laughs) And sorry that the other guys didn't get the memo on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, Ross did. Ross is busy but um yeah uh, andy um yeah we 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 don't talk about andy (laughs) just throwing it out there now you got the best two let's
3: be honest
2: (laughs) well you know i didn't want to say that but you know secretly I i think that's true obviously feel free to tell the listeners a little bit about sequel pitch and what you guys do
3: you go for it matt so yes, sequel pitch, who are we? Uh, this is my first time with Em, so hello Em, so lovely to meet you. Finally, no competition oh God, today, hopefully.
2: I, <laughs> I hadn't <laughs> even processed true. that. Yeah, this is true. I've been on sequel pitch twice, and both of the times, <laughs> Matt didn't want to be involved. Now there is a reason why he didn't want to be involved, because he couldn't I was out. Be involved.
3: I wussed out. <laughs> <laughs> no reason but yes sequel pitch who are we we are four friends from film fanatic friends who watch movies review them talk about the good the bad and in some cases definitely the ugly and then we go ahead and pitch sequels compete for the best vie for the best the host that week picks the winner who then goes on to host the following episode and yeah that in a nutshell we We pretend we like each other sometimes on there. Sometimes we show our true colours and rip into each other on there. You know, it's all banter. Banter is a word, right? Yeah, banter. Banter.
1: Let's, 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 let's.
2: let's. (laughs) Which again, is why it's an ideal moment to let the world know that you are my podcast twins because literally, it's like looking into a mirror,
1: <laughs> looking
2: at our two podcasts. They are pretty much the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito of podcasting. Indeed, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna quantify that with a who's who. Oh, weird. Because we're I think DeVito. we know. We're Vincent. We'll, we'll there's, absolutely there's no
1: question.
3: take DeVito right there.
1: <laughs> we're like shabby, just flying by the seat of our pants, no composure.
2: What? Well, obviously, verbal diorana is the perfect specimen fathered (laughs) by six men. Uh, Actually, that sounds wrong. (laughs) 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 Okay, maybe that won't be in the episode. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'm embarrassing myself now. So, anyway, (laughs) moving swiftly on. What I was going to say is uh, I've obviously had the pleasure of guesting on Seapool Pitch twice. And honestly, one of my favourite guest appearances was when you let me come on to pitch my sequel to The Greatest Movie Ever Made, The Mummy. Yeah. Which is a sequel that I've been kind of percolating in my mind for 20 years.
1: It was epic.
2: (laughs) To have the opportunity to come on and to do my... I mean, even I'll admit, it's really bloody good (laughs) sequel to The Mummy. It's an epic. Yeah, I will be forever grateful for that opportunity. I'm pretty certain Universal, they've got my script in their minds (laughs) somewhere, they must have. But yeah... So, you guys are on here to talk about twins and yeah. here's a for twins.
0: <laughs> in a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. He also has a twin brother. I have a brother? Oh, my goodness, are you looking good. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. Born to be bad. And Danny DeVito.
1: Way to go, Mom.
0: Are twins. My name is Julius. I'm your twin brother.
1: Obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror.
0: Only their mother can tell them apart. Twins, the new comedy from Ivan Reitman. Julius, what? what are, you, are you allergic to something? You all swelled up. You look like you're ready to explode. I love it when you hit people. Who are you?
2: Vincent's brother.
0: You're twins. That's right, twins. Coming this Christmas
2: twins, Julius and Vincent Benedict, are the results of a secret experiment to make the perfect child using six sperm donors. Perfect physical specimen Julius grows to athletic proportions with brains, beauty and strength in equal measure, whereas Vincent is left with the genetic trash. Vincent is placed in an orphanage while Julius is raised by Professor Werner, one of the scientists involved in the experiment in the South Pacific. Streetwise Vincent, who has become a shady lowlife, is about to be killed by loan sharks when Julius discovers that he has a brother and begins looking for him. And the two unite to find their long-lost mother, who they believe died during childbirth. Let's quickly run through the cast. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Julius Benedict, Danny DeVito as Vincent Benedict, Kelly Preston as Marnie Mason, Chloe Webb as Linda Mason, Bonnie Bartlett as Mary Ann Benedict, David Caruso as Al Greco. Trey Wilson as beetroot McKinley and Marshall Bell as Mr. Webster. Twins was written by William Davis, Timothy Harris, William Osborne and Herschel Weingrod and directed by Ivan Reitman. So, a bit of a brief production history on Twins because, let's be honest, guest episodes, we don't really have a great deal of time to go through the whole story. But this is a really interesting one because when you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you think big hero action man you think of movies like the terminator which obviously i covered quite recently on this podcast you think of commando you think of this big hulking guy taking down all the bad guys and it was a simple pitch that convinced universal pictures to take a chance open its wallet and launched a new line of comedies as a result and the pitch was simple it was schwarzenegger devito twins And it basically came from the fact that Schwarzenegger had inspiration to be a comedy star. So he'd been in The Terminator. And in 1985, he started to think about switching to more comedic roles. He had a conversation with Marvin Davis, the head of Fox Studios at a charity event. At the time, he was working for Fox on the film Commando. And he started chatting to comedian Milton Berle at the event's dinner. Now, if you're a Friends fan, you'll recall the name Milton Berle from a comment that's made about his manhood (laughs) by Rachel. And it's just something that's always stuck in my mind, personally. (laughs) So Berle would gradually introduce Schwarzenegger to some of the stars of comedy, and Schwarzenegger would persistently grill Berle about comedy and how comedy worked. And so because he'd obviously rose to fame in The Terminator... He did want to try his hand at comedy, and he thought the time was right for him to have a go. So he went on a skiing holiday to Colorado, as we all do when we're deciding for, you know, a changing career. This was at the end of 1986, and the idea remained in his head. By chance on his skiing holiday, he met up with Ivan Reitman, who's probably most well-known for being the director of Ghostbusters, and also the legendary Robin Williams, they were both on a holiday at the same resort, and... Ivan Reitman would tell Arnie after an evening of joke telling, there's a certain innocence about you that I've never seen come through on the screen and a certain sense of humour. And Reitman really appreciated Arnold Schwarzenegger's sense of humour. And at the time, he wasn't seen as an actor who had much of a sense of humour because he was a huge big muscle man. And, well, we know muscle men can be funny, (laughs) but at the time, he was mostly seen as a huge action star. And so upon the return to California, Ivan Reitman commissioned several writers for a Schwarzenegger star in comedy. One of those ideas was called the experiment and it was about mismatched twins. And that was the idea that caught his attention. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was on board with this idea. The name was changed to twins because of Arnold's Germanic background, because the experiment, etc. Mm. And so together they pitched this idea to universal. And the important thing to note is that at the time, the deal that they pitched to Universal was a zero salary deal. The idea was, because this was quite a big gamble for Schwarzenegger's career at this time, they decided that he would make his debut in comedy. They would pitch this deal. They would take no salary up front. This would make it an easy sell to the studio. Now, as it happened, The studio was kind of on board with Arnold Schwarzenegger starring in a comedy anyway. They had faith in him. However, given the choice to pay someone or not pay someone, they (laughs) chose to not pay someone. And that deal actually paid dividends because it wasn't just Arnold Schwarzenegger that had a deal for zero upfront salary. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito and Ivan Reitman. They all took the same deal. Because of that... And because the movie ended up grossing $111 million off its $15 million production budget, it would mean record salaries for the percentage of profits for all three. So much so that no studio will agree to such a deal ever again (laughs) because they made so much money. It ended up that 37.5% of the film's revenue was split between the two lead actors and the director. This was a movie that made megabooks for everyone involved. And it does kind of make you question why they didn't make a sequel pretty much immediately. they have been trying to get a sequel off the ground for many, many years. It's never happened. And as it stands right now, it possibly never will happen since the death of Ivan Reitman. Some very condensed... Brief production history for this movie, but I think this one's a really fascinating one because you wouldn't necessarily put Arnold Schwarzenegger in this role, but he's pretty perfect in this role. Danny DeVito is perfect in this role Mm because he's Danny DeVito, and why would he not be? But Drew and Matt, I'm curious as to your personal history with Twins and what you guys think of this movie.
1: Take it, Drew. Okay. So my total exposure to this movie until the last couple of days was the one clip of it that appears in the youtube video which is 10 minutes of arnie's best movie quotes and it is the the bit where that he pulls the guy off the bike and he's like what did you do man i did nothing the pavement was his enemy and that was literally i knew the premise of the movie and i knew that quote and i knew literally nothing else of this film whatsoever so I'm, I'm very, very glad that, that I'm here and have had a good excuse to sit down and watch it. I won't go into my thoughts yet. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll pass over to Matt.
3: So my experience of the film is slightly older. Only slightly, though. I <laughs> was introduced to this due to a parallel in my life circumstances that we'll get more <laughs> into later about 12 months ago. Um and yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, twins, twins! You should watch the film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito." I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll add it to the list." Went ahead and watched it over Christmas. Found it fascinating and loved it. And then, yeah, when you reached out um, and you popped forward the idea of doing twins, I was like, "Absolutely, let's do it! <laughs> let's deep dive into this film because there's so much more to it than that's on the surface." And yeah, watching it again, treat myself to it a bit earlier this evening. And yeah, it's just, I don't know what it is about a Schwarzenegger film, but it just kind of gets away with whatever it wants to. (laughs) And I just, I forgive films with Arnold Schwarzenegger in more than I'll forgive any other movie franchise. He just gets away with things and I'm like, I shouldn't be laughing. Well, that that was kind of funny. <laughs> that was kind of funny, Arnie. I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> He's a really good comedian. He is. And because he just had that persona of being, a, you know, a huge, hunky action guy. And so many of those guys have tried to go into comedy. If you look at, like, Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis has probably had a bit more success than Stallone has. But... They all try to get into comedy, and and Schwarzenegger just kind of nailed it in this movie for me. He's just, I think it's the fact he's so naive and <laughs> yeah,
1: and nice, and,
2: yeah, like yeah, and sweet.
1: Seeing him yeah. play and, and like a nice guy who is who is, he's not. He is a badass in this film. He still absolutely beats the ever-loving crap out of people, but he's he is naive. He's just a nice person, and he plays it so so well. And it's interesting that Matt says that he forgives a lot because of Schwarzenegger. And I I totally agree. Like, on paper, this film feels really tonally off. Like, it's kind of... It, it feels like it's trying to be a screwball, a screwball comedy, but it's not quite screwball enough. And so it kind of feels a little bit childish. But then there's there's some not childish themes in there. And there's some really interesting stuff going on. But Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger are both so charismatic and and magnetic to watch, and so you just you do just enjoy it. I just have the annoying voice in my head that is maybe a bit louder than the one in Matt's head that's going, oh, "This could have been better though," but it is it is a lot of fun. There are some really good laughs in this movie.
2: I've seen this movie so many times over the years. I practically grew up watching this movie and i practically grew up watching arnold schwarzenegger movies but not movies like this because when i was a kid me and my brother and my dad we used to watch movies like commando yeah and and obviously that's an 18 rated movie and not suitable for children but i love that movie so much because that's the movie that i would sit and watch with my dad yeah and even now like every time i see arnold schwarzenegger Every time I watch one of his movies, I think of my dad because they were the movies that we used to watch together. And similarly with Twins as well, that was obviously a more family-friendly movie and I think my mum was probably a bit more happy for me and my brother to watch something like that over something like Commando. I still had such a fondness for Commando. But I've watched this so many times over the years. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I went out and I picked it up on DVD and I'm just happy that I've got the DVD of it now, to be honest, because I can watch (laughs) it whenever. But I agree with what you said, Matt, about that you can kind of forgive certain things because it's Arnie. Because I grew up watching his movies, I have just such an extreme fondness for the man that I will probably sit and watch anything that he does and go, oh, well, the movie's not great, but Arnold's great in (laughs) it. And yes, what you said, Drew, I agree. This movie is kind of paper thin, really. There's not much substance to it. There's no science. There's literally zero science in this movie. But it's just the leads are so charismatic that I, I well, I personally forgive this movie for so much <laughs> because it, it's just so great. It was really great to watch it again, actually.
3: I think it's interesting to know they did, I know only 15 million sounds quite ridiculous, but you know, for me, I guess that feels like quite a low production budget, even for the late eighties, you know, we were recently talking about a movie that came out early noughties with a 50 million budget that good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and we're and not going to talk twins. about it or name it on this episode, but crikey, that was a bad movie. Mm. And then yes, they really pulled it off with 15 million and, you know, I guess that could just about buy some certain sets and certain visual effects that we see in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was the idea that someone could drive a car on two wheels and just like look like they're having the best time ever doing it as well.
1: <laughs>
2: because Arnold Schwarzenegger, the fact that he's like, I can't do an accent, so I'm not going to bother, but he's like, where's your manual? And Vincent's like what like it's like your car manual like i i need to learn to drive <laughs>
1: it's like
2: since when has a manual for a car ever taught you how to drive that car <laughs> maybe it's different in america but not it's that's not like that over here the manual of the car does not tell you how to drive the car <laughs> it just doesn't because obviously the main reason that i wanted to do this episode was because you know like when you when you have twin towns and like you are <laughs> twins with like another town in like another country This is basically what I'm starting to do with Verbal Diorama now. And I'm going to have like twin podcasts all across the world. And so, yeah, you guys are the first twin podcast of Verbal Diorama. And the other reason that we wanted to do this and we thought this was a really good idea (laughs) is that, Matt, you currently are in a situation (laughs) with your own Julius and Vincent, (laughs) with your baby daughters. So how is that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how is that? <laughs> um,
3: it, it's the most wonderful chaos I've ever lived in with twin daughters. Non-identical, so I do have a Julius and a Vincent. I won't say which one's which, because the mother will kill me. But Drew knows. <laughs> Drew's met them. <laughs> um, but now yeah. it, it's it's yeah chaos, but the most amazing thing in the world at the same time. And sequel pitch we had the most wonderful guests coming on in my stead you even came on twice you know you were twinning yourself <laughs> we were blessed to have your presence more than once and i chickened out both times because especially after hearing your mommy pitch i wasn't coming back for Ghostbusters. i wasn't ready for that <laughs> i was traumatized enough
2: <laughs> well that's, to be honest i think i've traumatized the rest of them as well because i've not been invited back so uh <laughs> like no 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 you had to give some other people a back.
1: chance em goodness you me don't
2: <laughs> i will just come back whenever well i feel like, <laughs> like we need a head years. to head
1: it's more we just kind of we went we went a bit banana as soon as matt told us that he was gonna have to be taking some paternity leave we just kind of went oh my god and just and started booking people as much as possible and we have we've, we've it, it's it's kind of nice just having it back as the four of us for a bit, but of course you're coming back, Em. We'll just, we've will just we just got to make sure look, we find the right film.
2: Mate, I can take a hint, honestly. <laughs> so, we're no, we're... For an excuse. We're just happy for it to be the four of
3: us. <laughs> I'm not happy. No, it's cool. You're two for two on <laughs> sequel pitch. I'm not standing <laughs> for that.
2: <laughs> no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I want to come back and I want to be three for three, but I want this to be, like, a really good one. So that's why i'm like i want to come back i feel like i need to redeem the ghostbusters thing because i don't feel like i deserved it i feel like i feel like that was like a pity win so i feel like although that's technically a win i need to come back for the third and to make that like proper epic
1: well i mean we've we haven't we have no episodes now planned we planned up until the end of this year And we have nothing officially scheduled so we should compare we should look at your schedule and find a good crossover episode so that we can release it at the same time
2: so we've we've asked about julius and vincent Mm. right okay so
1: i'm so (laughs) calling them that from now on when i see them
2: i feel i feel like i feel like i need to see a picture because i feel like this this thread works better with pics kind of situation. And I'm just imagining, you know, like, when they, they show the babies in the film and there's, like, one huge baby and one tiny baby. And I just feel like this. that's that's the situation. Like, like, your wife gave birth to, like, this huge baby and was like, oh, my God, oh, I can't do that again. And then he was like, oh, no, there's a there's tiny the baby. It's okay.
3: You know what, ironically the the physical manifestations and the characteristic manifestations of my daughters are quite polar opposite. So the the Julius and physical form is actually absolutely the vis, the Vincent in personality. So you know that's that's the true sequel. That's what I would do is a sequel using my own daughters.
2: I've kind of already mentioned about how much of a risk this movie was does this feel like a risky move for arnold schwarzenegger sort of looking back
3: i find it fascinating that arnold schwarzenegger is the one in the driving seat for all of this Mm. like i know he'd had a couple of big movies but i feel like this is a lot of control for him to be the one who's ordering around saying i want to do a comedy movie make it happen he's got people like reitman and stuff pulling for him and it's you, you, you don't really hear of an actor with that much pull anymore. Like, you know, maybe once they move into production credits and whatnot for franchises, they get a lot more power and sway. But yeah, I found that quite fascinating that this guy who'd done a couple of, yeah, big movies, fair play, but was able to sit there and basically boss around someone with the credentials of Ivan Reitman and Universal then go, yeah, absolutely. Here you go. Here's 15 million, like, he was still a massive risk in Hollywood, I'd say he was a one track person, so I don't feel like there was much risk for him and a lot of risk for the people around him personally
1: yeah,
2: what do you think drew
1: it's It's really hard to say it i uh I, 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 I guess it was a risk really like i was when I was doing some reading up on this. There was, I think, it was in the IMDb trivia, and a really anal comment that was like, many people say that this is Arnie's first comedy movie, but actually he did several beforehand, including Hercules, blah 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 blah. But Hercules wasn't meant to be a comedy; people have just rebranded it as a comedy <laughs> since. Let's let's put that out there to begin with. And so, yeah, he was not a comic actor. That was not what audiences were coming out to see him do, and. He, he luckily he clearly had the ability to do it and to take on that training and do a good job with it but yeah if he hadn't he he seems like the kind of guy who maybe would have had them press on regardless of what kind of feedback he was getting about his performance maybe that maybe that feels fair about Arnie um he's quite a willful chap so yeah if 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 this had been a total dumpster fire it could have properly derailed him but instead it got us to like kindergarten cop and the last action hero and really i i genuinely think that more of my absolute or my favorite arnie movies are made up in equal measure with his action movies and his comedies and i'm It was definitely a risk, and I'm so glad they took the risk.
2: He's an interesting guy. Because he was obviously, you know, the strong man, bodybuilder, he's not the natural fit for any comedy movie, really. You know, not like your standard kind of everyday comedy. But I think this works especially well because it's not so much about his delivery and how he delivers lines, even though like his line delivery is like, you know, so straight-laced and so perfect in this movie. It's about the whole mismatched buddy comedy thing. And everyone knows that a good buddy comedy works when it's two people who are very different from each other and they have to learn to get along with each other. And that's exactly what this movie is. Because from the very start of this movie, Vincent Benedict, he's a bit of a dick, isn't he? And he doesn't treat people very well. You know, he's sleeping with some guy's wife. He's cheating on his girlfriend. He meets this guy who claims to be his brother who bails him out of jail and then he basically drives off and leaves him, you know. And to be fair, if someone did rock up and he was like, seven foot and was like i'm your brother we're <laughs> twins you probably would go yeah right mate <laughs> have you seen me but i just think that if this had been something else if this had been something like kindergarten cop or junior as his first comedy role i don't think it would have worked quite so well maybe kindergarten cop because he was obviously playing a cop and he could kind of be a bit more straight yeah mm. but i just think this plays to his if literal and figurative strengths. He even manages to get an I'll be back in there. And I know he does that in every single role that he's, you know, ever done since the Terminator, but I just love the fact that he manages to get one of those in and he gets to be, you know, a little bit menacing, but also just this really sweet, charming guy. And there's a lot of facets to the character of Julius and the character of Vincent. And when we're talking about the reality of now, when we're talking about, you know, designer babies are a real thing, people are going out there and they are designing the perfect child. Mm. And Twins was talking about this in 1988, and I know (laughs) it's fiction, but it's weirdly becoming fact Mm. now, which is kind of strange. I know that there's no such thing as like six fathers. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, three-parent IVF is, is a real thing. What? So, yeah, three-parent IVF, so it's basically two eggs and one person's sperm. So you you get an egg from the mother, mm. you remove the nucleus from the mother's egg, and the donor egg is where the mitochondrial DNA is. You basically take the nucleus from the mother's egg, you put it into the donor egg, you remove the nucleus from the donor egg, You then fertilize that egg with the father's sperm. And this is basically to avoid congenital disease if there's like a certain genetic disease. But the resulting baby, there was a baby born in 2016, and that legally has three parents. So it has two mothers and one father, and genetically has the DNA of three people because DNA is in the nucleus, the mitochondrial, and the sperm.
1: That is Bonkers.
3: Which is
2: phenomenal. That's
1: mad, isn't it? Wow.
2: Science, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. We're taking steps to creating that perfect child that is Julius Benedict. Yeah. I mean, all Arnie's what's going all on in the day. world? I just find that so fascinating. You know, when stuff from movies kind of comes true, yeah. like in the near future, it's just, it's like, did that idea come from the movie? Which he obviously didn't in the, in the in, you know, when we're talking about twins, because I don't think any scientist was looking at twins and going, oh, six fathers. Yeah, we can do that. Because huh. you know? I, I genuinely don't think there is a way. I just don't think that's how sperm works. But with eggs, you can obviously take bits out and that's how they do it. I wanted to ask both of you, mm. do you think that this is Arnold Schwarzenegger's best comedy role? out of all of the ones that
3: he's done. I personally feel like it's up there. You know, whether it's best, I, I really like Last Action Hero as well. But for me, what I really like about this movie is, and it's a kind of a feeling I've always had about Arnold Schwarzenegger in comedy movies, is that it sometimes feel like they're laughing at him rather than with him. I feel like he's mm. the butt of the joke with with his accent and his build and whatnot it sometimes just kind of i feel like it's used in cheap humor well i don't feel like that was the case here certainly like his physical stature was used for comedy but i don't feel like they made him the butt of the jokes like his innocence and his naivety actually played through with quite a bit of you know dimensional depth in the character in the way that he was on the island and whatnot they didn't kind of just make him what I feel like sometimes they do, where they make him just a little bit two-dimensional and simplified just to be purely funny because he just doesn't understand. It's like, oh, it's hard. He doesn't understand things. Ha, 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 yes, you know, his accent doesn't belong in Hollywood. Ha, 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 ha. You know, that's kind of what I feel like some comedy roles do with him. But I don't feel like they did
1: that here, personally. Hmm. I for me yeah I it's it's definitely not it's not my favorite comedy performance of his I don't think and it's and it's not my favorite comedy movie of his but maybe it it's definitely up there with his best performances a lot of the time, he's one of these actors who can often as people level at tom cruise quite a lot tom cruise just often seems to just play tom cruise and then occasionally he'll do an edge of tomorrow or some of his older stuff where he proves that actually he can play a different character and he's good at it and arnie even in some of my favorite comedy roles last action hero being my absolute favorite i think that movie is so so desperately in need of reevaluation, but he he, he plays that quite straight he's kind of the straight man through that but here he is playing a character who is very different from the man that we know he is in real life and doing a really good job of inhabiting the role so yeah it's i would say it's one of his best comedy performances not one of my favorites but one of his best
2: it's interesting, actually, that you both mentioned Last Action Hero. That's episode 107 of this podcast mm. because I, I do like to plug <laughs> previous episodes. Last Action Hero is, I, I agree with what you said, Drew. I think that, to me, that is so underrated because it I feel like it came out at the wrong time. Yes, yeah. It came out and it was just eclipsed by Jurassic Park, <laughs> which, I mean, Jurassic Park, is going to eclipse something like Last Action Hero. I don't think people really understood what Last Action Hero was actually about. No. And yes, it's not a perfect movie. I think that is a movie that does have issues with its plot or with its script, but with for its credentials, you know, the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it, he's sending up his action hero roles. He's playing a comedy role at the same time. I mean, that that movie should have been huge. Yeah, and it does deserve reevaluation. It's super fun. And I really do feel like the Arnold Schwarzenegger that we got sort of over his, what, like 30, 40-plus-year career, he fully understands who he is in Hollywood and what Hollywood thinks of him and what viewers think of him. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's a really smart man and he is fully able to send himself up in such a way that He's not going to damage his career or, you know, the way he's perceived, but he's going to send himself up and sort of show a different side to him. And I think he does that quite successfully in this movie, mm. but I think he does it even better in Last Action Hero because he's been Arnold Schwarzenegger, pretty much continue. I know he was because he was born that way, but, you know, like, for a Hollywood persona for his career thus far, He was such a huge star in the early nineties and obviously twins came out in 88, so Mm. he was well on his way to becoming a huge megastar. Look at the whole planet Hollywood thing when it was like him and Stallone and Bruce Willis. And they basically started an entire chain based on the fact that they were huge action (laughs) stars. I have just a huge amount of respect for the man and for his career in general because like I say he reminds me of my dad in so many ways (laughs) not because my dad looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger or sorry dad has the muscle mass of Arnold Schwarzenegger but (laughs) just because Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of felt a little bit like a second dad because he was always there you know like on the tv like saving his daughter in commando or whatever so, yeah, maybe that's why I have such an affinity to him and his movies that, you know, maybe technically he is my second dad. But,
3: <laughs> um, You've got four more to
2: you... find. <laughs> I know. Is there anything about this movie that you either really didn't like or you don't feel particularly holds up or maybe you liked when you first saw it and now you kind of look at it and go, mm, I'm not really too keen. Matt?
3: Think about it. Again, it's it falls back to this kind of forgiveness thing, I think. And Danny DeVito has a similar power where you, you kind of brush things off that DeVito touches and goes, ah, oh, yeah, but he's good, though, and you let him off. You know, obviously, Vincent's relationship with Linda is... <laughs> I, I just feel like Vincent's journey, his arc, kind of is, nah, I'm a dick, I'm a dick, I'm a dick, I'm a dick. Ah, oh, I'm such a good guy at the end. Like... <laughs> And it all comes down to, you know, he's running off with millions of dollars. And he's like, oh, don't come back. Why did you come back, you asshole you asshole Here's the money. Like... And it's just like oh, okay okay so you've just had your snap turn and you know you can get away with a snap turn for a character flaw sometimes but I don't feel like it's a character flaw I feel like that's a deep-rooted personality trait that he just goes fully <laughs> on a dime on and he's just like yeah now I'm a good guy now look we brothers so I think maybe just the Vincent Benedict character if I'm going to be picky about it I feel like we could have just juiced him up a bit and fleshed him out a bit Give him more moments like the ones where they have the conversation about Christmas dinner and the conversation about family. Just lacing a couple more of their moments where we start to really warm to him because I feel like they're just kind of dripped in and more given to Arnie to kind of show off some and flex some emotional muscle. Mm. And Danny DeVito there to ride along with it. And it just gives his character little moments of glimmer. but yeah maybe he needed just something bigger and i know we get the flower scene with Linda and i know we get the the nighttime scene but then he's like no 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 we're not moving in together so i i just kind of don't feel like i fully believe that vincent is going to become a good guy at the end of this until you're slapped with it in the face and like yeah they've got twins now and look they're a happy family and everyone's happy yay and then I kinda of go, okay, if you say so. Yeah. Thinking he's definitely running a mafia underground ring <laughs> somewhere.
1: <laughs> and yeah, for me it's I I kind of on that I want I would want this movie to actually lean into being a bit more adult and being being
2: Ooh. Uh, I mean just yeah. not this is not that <laughs> kind of podcast you I hate to tell you. I know it sounds like it. Listen from the outtakes, but it's not.
1: <laughs> but it, it it feels it feels quite like I said at the beginning, it feels like it's trying to appeal to everyone and were this were this to be remade, perhaps, I would I would really enjoy it if it was a more grown up comedy. Like just lean just like more leaning more into the pineapple express of it all just a little more absurdity a little more kind of grown-up situations i yeah i don't know it was just it's something it's really difficult to put my finger on sorry i'm rambling about this point but it this it, it, it feels like it, it's it's that funny ivan reitman energy where his movies feel like they're family friendly even though they're actually kind of not like ghostbusters is is not really a film for kids kids can watch it and they don't get the grown-up stuff in ghostbusters but it's there where this i i maybe it was that i didn't enjoy the stuff that was there for the grown-ups as much as in other of his movies but yeah it just as a whole the movie didn't land entirely for me outside of the two leads
3: i think on that and that kind of feel of not knowing what age rate in this movie is type thing like i found one of the scenes that both made me laugh and then made me kind of go where the hell did that come from was the bit where he picks up the playboy magazine and it's the first time (laughs) (laughs) it's the first time that he meets what's us name cali preston marnie and you know he's just looking at it and there's a topless woman then he looks it's like uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that 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 was in there. And she's like, "Where have you been living on a rock?" And he's like, uh, "I get where the humour is in it, but it's like there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Here's some boobs. Nothing, nothing, nothing." <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, it's to appeal to a certain audience, isn't it? Oh yeah. And I suppose they do want to appeal to the kind of guys. Who would go and see an movie. Indeed, exactly. And I think that's probably why the two female leads, Marnie and Linda, they're not really given much to do. They're not, you know, they're not given like any character development. They're not really given much to say. They're just like there to look really pretty and to hang off each twin's arm. And Linda's going out with Vincent. And then, of course, because Marnie's there, and Julius is there. Well, they have to end up together because the laws of movie making say <laughs> that they do. And the roles for women in this movie are basically non-existent. They might as well not be there, yeah. other than to breed and produce the twins <laughs> at the end. Which, when we we just before we started recording, I, I had a bit of an epiphany about because if you're twins and you marry siblings, then technically your twin children are more than cousins so they're almost full siblings which is weird it's just like if you think about the science of this movie and the logistics of this movie your brain will start to hurt as, as to how this all makes sense it really doesn't make sense but just going back to one thing that I feel like really does not age very well at all and the movie really skips over it and what's worse the movie blames the wrong person <laughs> as well. So Julius was sent off to live on this beautiful desert island. You've got this whole nature versus nurture argument, mm. you know, this theory, which I really like. They don't really talk about it at all. Mm. The idea of separating two twins, having them lead different lives and find out, you know, what they turn into. Matt, let us know if you're willing to let Julius and Vincent take part <laughs> in this experiment. There, um,
3: it's uh, th- This has been done <laughs> and there is some... I was finding something oh, there is. and it's terrifying. Um, it's really mm. messed yeah, up no, what they did with those parents. So sorry, three three identical parents.
2: strangers it's called. Mm, it's a yeah. documentary about triplets. It's amazing. Uh but yeah, it's it's, you know, tragic and really weird what happens in that story. But
3: sorry, I brought the tone down there. No, don't no, I. We no, can do no, it with no, Julius and no, Vincent.
2: Cool. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's cool. So yeah, you had Julius living on this beautiful desert island and and then they say, Well, you know, Vincent he was sent to an orphanage in Los Angeles, and then they mention, but they completely gloss over because they were like, "Oh, he shamed Sister Mary, someone or other. I don't know. Let's let's call her Sister Mary Clarence because sister act. Sister Mary Clarence. <laughs> he he shamed her, mm. and she had to leave the convent. But really, he was Sister Mary Clarence was the adult. Yeah,
1: raped a child
2: sexually assaulted a minor this movie is like oh yeah. vincent is so bad you know he shamed a poor nun what
3: that little <laughs> rascal
1: <laughs> It
2: like, uh, and it's like 12 yeah
1: he literally says he was 12 he, he verbatim says i was 12 when they're talking about their first times and just like oh and they're just like yeah yeah this is fine he's like yeah he's the baddie he's the sort of bad egg so that's we can normalise that, sure. Like, let, it that was, was it ages. was a different time. It was the <laughs> year I was born.
2: <laughs> such a different time in the eighties. Those nuns, what what were they like in the eighties? They were going around doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I found it very strange that the movie just kind of skipped over that, and that was like, oh well, this is the reason why Vincent's a scumbag. <laughs> and it's like, well, actually. If a 12-year-old boy is molested by his pretty much teacher slash parent figure, then, yeah, maybe he will grow up to be an absolute scumbag, you know? But, then,
1: and, but the movie, I felt like the movie was kind of trying to say that he seduced her as well. Like, they're trying to, but it doesn't, like, yeah. Let, just doesn't land right. No, it just does No, it just <laughs> no, does not. It really doesn't. It just doesn't.
2: It really doesn't. I think we should probably move on from
1: nuns molesting
2: young boys. So, as I mentioned at the start, there was a proposed sequel. It's been talked about for so many years. I feel like this is one of those movies that has been talked about for so long and it's just never materialised. Originally, it was going to be Eddie Murphy as a third brother, as the movie was going to be called Triplets. Kind of still is, planned to be called Triplets. Then it was all reworked and Tracy Morgan was going to be the triplet brother. And they'd originally, so they'd planned to start filming at the start of this year. And then in February of this year, Ivan Reitman passed away. Mm. And so since his death, Triplets has essentially, as far as I can see, been put on hold. I don't think we're ever going to see a sequel to this movie. Mm. No. But... Considering you guys are kind of the (laughs) kings of sequels, I've been curious as to what you think the sequel to this movie could be. Because basically your podcast, you pitch sequels. We do. So I realise I'm putting you guys on the spot (laughs) a little bit here. But do you have any ideas of what the sequel to this movie could be? I
3: could throw something on the fly and then throw it over to Giraffe and we'll have a fight over who's his best and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we won't take over that much. Um, what would I do? Uh, we kind of had a joke about it, I had a laugh about it when we were talking about the episode. You know, The End of Twins gives you the perfect platform for a sequel in so many ways, you know. The twins have twin kids each. So there's four of the next generation sat around as babies. Very conveniently, 1988 to 2022, that's, what, 34 years? They're the perfect age to get into an action movie. They, I would have DeVito and Schwarzenegger kidnapped by a medical testing facility that basically want to extrapolate Schwarzenegger and they want to kind of see what they did wrong with DeVito. They're all locked down. It's down to the four twins to, I don't know, whether Schwarzenegger's twins have the same genetics as him We'll. You know, we'd dive in. Maybe they fall of and balance out. They would have to go and basically save their dads with all <laughs> sorts of hijinxes and... They would tap into their psychic powers. It turns out all four of them are psychically interconnected.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, they. Have
3: maybe to lean a bit heavier on the psychic connection and what they can do yep. when the four of them channel their mind into one, <laughs> one thought. Maybe <laughs> it blows doors X-Men. off, and it it's <laughs> kind of starts becoming a bit kind of chronically. Maybe I don't know. But ultimately, yeah, it's a tale of saving their dads. And then when they get there, maybe something like Schwarzenegger's just sat there and he saved himself and de Vito ages earlier and he was just like yeah i'm still the king of action um i don't know maybe it was a test i i we could we could play with it i just bring the pitch not the script as i say there, um, it, there it is but, you know <laughs> throwing in the plugs throwing in the taglines
2: very good i mean i have to say i i liked where it started you know with the whole they've got to save their dads but then i love that it kind of turned into a, a superhero yeah, yeah. mutant powers thing. You mentioned Chronicle, you know, yeah. The idea that the twins could have psychic powers. I'm happy with that, Drew. Can you match Matt's excellent pitch I, for his twin sequel? Matt
1: Matt has touched on a few things that I was that I was definitely planning on following up. What what I was envisaging was all four of their twins the movie picks up now, all four of the twins are all about to become parents of twins. Like whether, (laughs) whether they are all four of them at the same time, like it's, it's because they've done the same thing. So it's clearly something's happening and they are psychically linked and something like if like Danny DeVito ends up at the hospital, having to try and help, like having to act as a midwife for the for the girls who are giving birth and then arnie is with the guys and they've been they went on a hunting trip and they've got stranded in the wilderness and they're desperately trying to get back in time for the birth but they're all screaming at each other through their esp all through the movie so there's constant dialogue but like arnie's fighting a bear and danny devito's trying to help his daughter give birth and they're like shouting at each other and yeah just utter utter chaos and at the end you have the Umbrella Academy, right? <laughs> <laughs> at the end it turns out actually it's it's not twins, it's all quad, quadruplets and like all and the family oh the my family God. keeps multiplying and then the end credit sequence the end credit scene implies that they just kept multiplying and took over the world and ended humanity.
2: <laughs> so basically your movie drew essentially fixes the birth rate crisis
1: <laughs> very because they're so. saying aren't
2: they that not enough children are being born and what you're saying is that the twins are each gonna have quads yep and then i didn't even i cut What is is that like 16 babies yep yeah 16 babies and those babies are what gonna have like octuplets or... yeah. oh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
1: 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. Oh, my God. It's, it's, like, Literally, it's like the grains of Matt's rice face. thing
2: on the chessboard. <laughs> Matt's <laughs> Matt's face is amazing because, obviously, he lives with two babies. <laughs> the, I think the idea of, like, doubling those two babies, I think is giving him, like, a brain hemorrhage or something. <laughs> so. I'm sweating.
3: I'm starting to actually sweat. <laughs> the anxiety levels have just peaked. <laughs>
2: I mean, to be honest, I'm not I'm not here to judge your pitches, thankfully. But to, to be perfectly honest, I think Drew's basically his pitches just destroyed us all. So I'm not quite sure how to take that. but, but yeah, so basically, that's what you guys do. You pitch often, very extravagant. And wild sequels, yeah. two movies. So yeah, that's a good ad. Thank you. Yeah. podcast <laughs> there.
3: To put an asterisk, we do usually spend a little bit more time. Yeah, just a bit. polishing, just a little bit more time polishing <laughs> those pictures before we throw them out like that. However, I feel like we could just improv the odd episode from now and again. I feel Drew and I have just shown. See, we keep saying we scary. should we should
1: do complete off the cuff episodes, and I think we need to. This is just a proof of concept that actually we should bloody do it.
2: Do you know what would be a really good idea? It's just kind of come to my head. You know, like, say, for example, one of you goes on social media and asks for suggestions for movies to pitch. And that one person basically takes all those ideas and, you know, puts them on pieces of paper and just kind of folds them up, puts it in a box. And then for for the episode, say, like, for your 100th episode or something, for example, you could then take literally off the cuff it'll just have like a piece of paper with dave suggests i don't know twins (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna dave suggests twins and then kind of off the cuff you have to think of it that could be like i don't know some landmark episode i think that'd be really fun just to kind of well hear really off the cuff stuff you know
1: what em we we spent the first like year of our podcast desperately desperately asking people to contact us and suggest movies and about 3 people did so if your listeners are more accommodating and want to send us a bunch of suggestions for what we should do for episode 100 we will happily happily take inspiration from your listeners rather than ours cuz ours don't seem to care
2: <laughs> well you know i mean i i've got 50 movies that i could send you like right now <laughs> yeah. but you know i'm good at ideas i'm not so good at kind of following through <laughs> with the ideas but i'm good with ideas Well, we'll credit you um, with it.
1: if we do it we'll We'll give you a shout-out.
2: It's probably a really good idea to kind of start to wind things up. So I guess we'll just kind of finish it all off. I haven't done a Keanu reference for it, so I need to try and think of one. <laughs> because he wasn't really doing much in 1988. This was, like, before Bill and Ted, and it was before Parenthood. Yeah. He was doing stuff, but nothing I've seen. So I don't know what I'm going to do. And he doesn't have a twin. So... Not that I'm aware of. And if he does, I might like that twins number. So, yeah, this is the first episode that I've ever done with two guests. I thought it would be, like, quite chaotic. You know, a bit like Matt's life, trying to deal with two slightly small people. But this has actually been a lot of fun. And it's not been as chaotic as I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, I think which, we've done a good job. Which is great. Yeah, I know. done an awesome job. So yeah, thank you so much. No, thank guys, you, guys, for, for taking the time to come on.
3: It's been amazing. Yeah, it has <laughs> been. It's good because I've been able to you know scout out my competition now for when we get you back. <laughs> <laughs> I know what yeah, I'm ready I'm for win. now. You caught the guys not... off off um, off guard, but I- I'm ready for you. I've seen you. <laughs>
2: nah, you don't stand a chance against me. <laughs> I don't. Um... <laughs> so yeah, Drew and Matt. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on Verbal Diorama. Please, would you take a moment to let everyone listening know where they can find sequel pitch and how they can get in touch with you if they've got any ideas (laughs) for movies that they might want you to talk about?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, you'll find us we are at Sequel Pitch on pretty much every social. You can hit us up on any podcast listening service. Sequel Pitch, check us out www.sequelpitch.co.uk. I believe it's still Uk for now. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to hear the amazing name, check out episode 37 is the one she was talking about with the mummy. If you don't want to listen to us at the beginning, just we'll drop a timestamp or something where you can just listen in. I think (laughs) she's the first pitch. So come and listen to Em's amazing pitch. If you want to hear the rest of us waffle on after, carry on listening. But no she has she's guested twice, and Ghostbusters afterlife was the other one, so mm. do come and listen to the wonderful M um, smashing her pitches and really putting the boys to the wall, I think on yeah. the mummy episode in particular <laughs> so
2: oh well, you know, sorry to be the I think you're fine person, but it wasn't afterlife, it was the 2016 yeah. oh, was
3: Ghostbusters. it oh i I was yeah. busy. You were busy.
2: Yeah, you weren't even there. Why why are you even referencing episodes where you weren't even there? You couldn't be bothered to turn up.
3: That's the truth. That's the truth. I was just sat there with my feet up playing PlayStation or something while you guys were working hard.
2: While your poor wife was dealing with Julius and Vincent. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Huge thanks to Drew and Matt for joining me for this episode on Twins. And to all of the guests, of all guests, to Gally, Andy, and Jack, as well as to and Matt. Having guests on Veldarama is a bit different to the normal schedule, but it's been amazing to have these episodes, to speak to these fantastic human beings, and also to have a little time off over August to, you know, do non-podcasty things. But huge thank you to all of them, and most of all, thank you for listening. Because as always, I would love to hear your thoughts on twins. If you do want to support this podcast, you can do so without paying a single penny. You can leave a rating or review wherever you found this podcast. You can retweet or post on social media. I am at VerbalDiorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Or you could simply tell your friends and family about this podcast and about the previous 169 episodes of this podcast. The next episode, so I'm going to be doing Sequel Timber again. And basically what that means is it's going to be a month of sequels to episodes that I've already done. So movies that I've done in the past that have a sequel, I'm going to be doing the sequels. And there's some genuinely amazing sequels coming to Sequel Timber. Starts in earnest next week. But before it does, there's the annual birthday episode to consider. And it's a sort of unofficial start to Sequel Timber. So, next Thursday, Sequel Temper is starting with one of the greatest superhero sequels of all time, Spider Man 2. You'll remember I covered Spider Man in May. And the day before that episode comes out is my birthday. And so, for the past three years on my birthday, I've brought out a special episode. And so, I'm finally going to. Do an episode on one of the most derided sequels of all time, the one that I think is actually better than its predecessor, just in time for many kids to go back to school again. For my birthday, I'm bringing out an episode on Grease 2, and all I'm going to say is let's do it for this podcast. You'll get that if you've ever watched Grease 2, but you should watch Grease 2 because it's really great. And if you want to do it for this podcast too, you can join the Patreon, you can get only episodes, access to the schedule, freebies, and also the sound knowledge that you're making this podcast ever so slightly better. you also see swears on episodes as well, but the main scene is always going to be family friendly and suitable for all ages. If you are interested, it's verbaldiorama.com slash Patreon. And as always, a huge thank you to the patrons of Verbal Diorama. Simon E, Sharday, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Vern, Christine, Kat, Andy, Mike, Griff, Luke, Emily, Michael, Scott, Brendan, Ian M, Lisa, Sam, Will, Jack, Dave, Chris Stewart, Ian D, Jason, Sonny, Drew, Nicholas, Zoe, Kev, Pete, Heather, and a huge welcome to brand new patron Danny, who joined us this week. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon, Danny. I'm so glad to have you here with us because we all know what the first rule of a crisis situation is. It's joining the Patreon, of course. I have a merch story at slash merch. You can get in touch with me. You can say hi. You can give me feedback or suggestions, verbaldiorama at gmail.com. Or you can pop over to our website, which is verbaldiorama.com. And I'm also still doing bits of UK. I write for the magazine. I write for articles online as well. So you can pop to the website, you can order magazines, and you can also see the things that I write online. And finally, I do a song. Uh,
1: yeah,
3: we're... Drew
2: loves to sing.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, you can be canned yeah. from Moana. He's smashing them all. You might as well do this now, mate. I'm going to sit back.
1: you you got this one. <laughs> yeah. Take out the papers and the trash, or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't stop the culture floor, you ain't gonna rock it all no more.
2: Yuckily yuck. Bye.
3: It's the most wonderful chaos I've ever lived in. On the note of... <laughs> a <bit>. Sorry,
1: sorry. <laughs> Carrie. Drew's <laughs> <laughs> <Hey.
2: laughs> dog did not like your answer.
1: But
3: I won't talk bad of my children <laughs> right, anymore. There we go, M's back, so should be quiet <laughs> <laughs> Sorry
1: about that. That's
3: all right, I'll put that
2: in
1: Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Stupid dog. Right, I'm back. Hello, sorry. Matt, you were saying something about beautiful chaos. <laughs> yeah.
2: You see, I've never done—I've never done two guys before. <laughs> Again, with the innuendo. Um, oh, the outtakes so... for this episode are
3: going to be brilliant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Um... <laughs> oh. I did just make a joke about premature ejaculation before you got here as well Drew. Oh, so, uh <laughs> just, just
1: shove six men's uh deposits in a blender and just just go and just yeah, just inject a bit. It it might work. I bet no serious scientist has ever entertained even trying that and it might work. That's all I'm saying. I I personally I mean, but, feel I think there's a
2: strong possibility <laughs> Maybe
1: let's cut this but maybe just may <laughs> we'll see I won't be I'll I'll be I'll be fine if you leave it in um but also that maybe <laughs> just oh I've I I'm a, I'm a little bit ashamed of myself for like,
2: <laughs> Just, you know, you're putting all these visions into my head that I, I really don't want on a Wednesday <laughs> evening, I'll be honest. Literally, that's the last thing I want in my blender. <laughs> uh, oh, God, what's wrong with me? Why is everything an innuendo? All Seriously. I want in my blender
1: is bananas. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
2: And cucumber. No. <laughs> uh, well,
1: not together.
3: Actually, not together. I prefer oh.
2: marrow. <laughs> oh God! Oh am God! What is this turning into? Oh, I'm this so is sorry. literally going to be. This is going to be like a five-minute episode <laughs> with like one hour's worth of outtakes. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's fun though. Oh yeah. Uh,